0: Hey with David Matura, he is the writer, he is the star of launch at Paradise while played at the, the flagship wild sound festival. It is a sci-fi. It's a sci-fi, I would consider this a sci-fi film, right, David? Daniel?
1: Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a sci-fi film. I
0: don't know oh, how I, I screwed that up. It's because David is the producer, <laughs> okay. but my yeah, yeah, son's yeah. name is Daniel. So I figured that I would be able to say someone who's I remember someone else's name is Daniel, wouldn't I? So. they're both both great names. Yeah. David, David, <laughs> are, are a producer. Yeah, that's kind of embarrassing on my part. <laughs> so okay, so so tell me about this. The, so you wrote? Did you write the script like just yourself and kind of like like free like freelancer? Did you know that this was going to be made into a film eventually with your production company?
1: That's a great question. I I feel like once I knew the script was in a good place, I thought we're going to do this and we're going to make it happen no matter what.
0: What did you kind of come up with the idea for this script?
1: This idea. I would say, just came out of a love of so many different sci-fi films. I can kind of feel that in the visuals. And then at the time, you know, we were still dealing dealing with the pandemic. So this whole sense of isolation and the sense of death, when we were seeing all these numbers of weekly death rates in the pandemic, I think those two things combined. And that idea and what we were feeling and uh, the people I was working with kind of with all of our love for sci-fi, I would say, and the ways that sci-fi can express that visually through storytelling, uh all of that just seemed like the right fit at the time
0: so to give people uh some context so the the synopsis is the lines between life and death become blurred for John as he takes the risk to live forever yeah, that's that's a grabber that grabs the grabs the audience
1: i I hope so. <laughs> uh, you know, the concept of eternal life obviously is one that has shown up in. Many different forms of literature and media, and again, that's a great sci-fi concept. I mean, you could also say it would be good in a religious concept uh, context, uh, and I think that sci-fi, from from my own uh, view of it, is able to deal with those kinds of questions of immortality, uh, the soul, the spirit, in a way that is much less confrontational than a religious presentation of it. At least in my own my own opinion, people are willing to take these flights of imagination in a sci-fi context because we're somehow removed from our world or if you have a movie that's about space travel and they're willing to go places that doctrinally with religion, they might get get stuck based on, you know, whatever their, their religious background is.
0: So what do you lead with? Uh, do, you, do you lead as an actor or do you lead as a writer? I would say maybe...
1: Neither. I mean, I think both. You know, I have plenty of projects (laughs) I've just acted in. I gave you that wasn't really an answer, was it? No. Did you? Um, Okay.
0: I'll rephrase. Did you start as an actor and then became a writer, or did you start as a writer and become an actor?
1: Oh yes. So I started as a as an actor because I started as a performer. I was a musician since I was very young, so getting up in front of people and performing was kind of always in my DNA. And then I think with writing, it came out of just a love of stories. I mean, I first things that I wrote were adaptations actually. So I remember loving certain stories and thinking, oh, this should be on stage, or you know, this could be a film and whatever it might be. And it was probably, I'd say much later that I actually wrote an original concept. Uh, so I maybe considered myself as a writer more as an adapter. And then when I finally came up with an original concept, Maybe I thought of myself as a writer, but even then, I think with writing, you're pulling from so many different sources all the time that almost everything you do is kind of an adaptation. I mean, that's my own um, that's my own feeling about it. So uh, it's very hard to come up with something that's like completely original without it having it be bizarre and not connect to audiences because when you're connecting you're you're pulling from all these stories from dreams from fairy tales from other movies from plays from books you're you're taking all of that kind of cultural context in and hopefully putting it out into something that's that's legible and feels a little bit new
0: it's interesting you just brought this up because i was the big thing i want to talk to you about was the tone of the the script because the beginning has like this dr frankenstein vibe to it right where like you're kind of in this cave and it's like you got these numbers and it's like it's kind of like it's almost like you don't know what era you're in and yeah and, and then all of a sudden the tone shifts into this kind of modern kind of like you're in this like spacious office and you're and you're this you're the serious corporate conversation going on so it's like you're going right. from one extreme to the other in the in the in the film I found I found it interesting so I'm just curious because Carrie Ann Quinn was the director did you guys have you're in almost every scene, so basically you're busy on set. So I'm just yeah. curious about the preparation in terms of like the style and tone of the film. The well, I think you guys have call
1: this uh, location manager as storyteller because the location shifts, and that includes the lighting of those. I think really helps tell the story because we're in these different time periods. So the the basement scene with that Doctor Frankenstein feel, then the office is very spacious and very white and very sci-fi set looking, Uh, and then the rooftop. So I feel like because those locations are so different and so specific, they're kind of helping us jump back and forth in time, Uh, which, you know, our editor did an amazing job too, especially with um, the music and how it came in and out. I think it was really about helping the audience understand like how John was weaving through his own memories, which is always difficult to portray because it can be complicated, but I feel like those locations really shine. I mean, when I watch it, I'm like, each one of those was like, wow, what a like interesting, specific. Yeah, 100%. Location that yeah. was, yeah, I mean, that that was really, I would say, you know, our location manager, um, Carrie Ann, figuring out how to make these scenes different, but also still feel like they're from the same film. You know, you mentioned like Dr. Frankenstein, and then there's more of a corporate feel. So you want to differentiate, but then you don't want to feel like you're in totally different worlds. So it's a very fine line, which I think between Carrie Anne and our editor, and the composer, and the colorist, kind of helped us walk throughout that.
0: And your hairstyle changes every in every 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 scene too, right? So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there is wind. And... You're blonde, right? You're blonde, and then you're brunette, and then
1: oh, it's I think because of the coloring, it looks a little bit to the outside scene because we desaturated the rooftop. Okay. Um, yeah, and then when on the bed in the basement. We have this like there's uh, our our cinematographer put a whole bunch of light coming through that window. So it kind of like made more of like a golden type look. And I'm right now, you know, I'm 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 in New York and we have this like gray weather, so it's more of a desaturated look. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. Well, it stands out for sure. I was just like, so, okay. Yeah. It's nicely produced film, like nice, nice production design. Like you said, so, so you're talking about the, like you're working with the locations you can grab for, and, and, and independent films, I guess. Right. That's sort really of setting the tone of your film.
1: Yeah. I think that's a big part for independent film. When you're, you're looking at the script is like, well, can I actually get, these locations, or you can kind of even think backwards and be like, what cool locations do I have? And then what could those be within this story? I mean, the, the basement was was specific, but you can find a basement. Uh, the scenes in the the office, uh, those are at National Sawdust in Williamsburg, which is such a cool location on its own. So that I feel like gave us a bunch of production value just because of how it, how it looks. It has a very specific look to it.
0: Yeah, and so so Carrie and like so we did you work with you worked with her previously?
1: We have, yeah. We did a proof of concept together. Uh we've worked on uh play readings together. She's an amazing, amazing director. We've known yeah, she's a, got some game. She's got some directing yeah, yeah. years now. And uh she worked so well with the entire team, just you know, coordinating with the production designer and the cinematographer. And again, you know, we were working with some pandemic restrictions, so they did an amazing job of keeping everybody on track and also getting us, you know, through the scenes and the time that we had. And also with the performances Uh, there's a lot of very specific choices in the performances, which I, which I really love. And I, I notice even more when we've seen it on the big screen, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the cinematography, the performances, all of it looks incredible in this sort of, you know, giant, giant format, which is a skill to be able to project, that kind of cinematic look and know what that is
0: so generally like a sci-fi even when when you have like uh scene changes the director likes to move the camera a little bit kind of have a certain style and vibe she keeps the camera very still like it's uh on on a tripod she's letting you're talking about the performances she's letting the performers tell the story it's kind of a Mm -hmm. cliche statement but basically she's like she's she's not too complicated with the camera movements and with the camera the, her direction and like you said and the uh, the subtleties of the performance stand out like she just puts the camera on you puts the camera on on them and then lets you guys tell the story which is minimalist directing but it's it's there's a certain art form that she she knew with this story that this is what I'm gonna do because you can get a little complicated with this type of script you give it to 100 different directors and like oh I'm gonna do this camera I'm gonna get the the yeah. jib and you know what I mean but she's she, she like such a minimalist uh, style.
1: Well, one of our um, things that we the films that we talked about uh, was Eyes Wide Shut, the Stanley Kubrick film, and that has a very dreamlike quality. And you could even say uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. It is oftentimes very still. um, And in those films, uh, in the sense of the performers, and there's a lot of close ups in those films, you know, versus like, maybe if you have, like you mentioned, like a sci-fi action film that could have all these different, you know, so many different cuts if you're thinking of something like Edge of Tomorrow or, you know, any of those. So it's like finding that balance, right? And she's so great with the performers and we had such amazing people that it just made sense to give them a chance to add to it and not not try to do something with the camera or with editing. Cause we, like you said, we have a very complicated story already. Yeah. Uh, didn't need to become even choppier and then the 15 minutes I think you would have just felt like you a little bit too chaotic so it still gets a chance to kind of rest and relax even as it's moving 100
0: yeah it's it's taking in the subtleties like the nuance of 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 the story so you, you mentioned the the actors there's some great scenes that you have uh with two like the 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 one in the office and then the one yeah. with the the girl and in then the, you called it the basement fantastic scenes like where did you find these this great cast of characters and to be in your film uh,
1: I think you know just living in New York and and working <laughs> in theater and uh you know it, and especially because we're working during the pandemic a lot of it had to be sort of who do I know what can they what can they do um so for Lauren and Patrick the two actors in the basement I've worked with them uh many times before and I in crafting those characters I knew that they could do what those characters needed to do because they actually have very little dialogue and there's a suggestion of a relationship and there's a tension between them. And I knew that Lauren and Patrick could could do that. Um, Kathy Curtin's amazing, who's in the office. Uh, she actually had amazing script notes before we were working on this uh, mm-hmm. from her own experience and TV shows that she's worked on. And I knew that she could handle- Yeah, she was in Stranger Things dialogue. too,
0: right? I think I remember in yeah. Stranger Things, Yeah.
1: yeah. And I, I, I knew that she, she could handle those big chunks of dialogue and activate them, which she does really well. There's quite a bit of exposition and she's able to get through them, but also root it in the character and make it about the relationship, which is much harder than it seems. And when you have like on the page, you have like paragraph, 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 and to make all of that interesting. Uh, James Harkness, who's the actor, who's on the roof with me was, was amazing. And again, like being able to convey sort of an entire relationship but only a few lines because it's a short film and 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 Zainab obviously uh who's in the the torture scenes who is so much fun to to work with and brilliant with dialogue as well and I really wanted her to have the kind of uh you know the the James Bond super spy type dialogue where she gets these really fun things to say and she's so good at at saying them and being sinister and being a little bit funny uh, all of those those qualities so i i really think it's that perfect marriage of what you want in the character and then knowing the actor that can bring that and and more so they they all they all were incredible
0: so you like it's so funny cuz you wrote the script and you're you wrote yourself a great role obviously right and but you're kind of the reactor in all like you you're talking about all these scenes right you're kind of the yeah. reactor in the scenes and you're giving these actors like like uh, Catherine, who's fantastic. It's not an easy. That's not an easy role, right? Because, like you said, lots yeah, of no. She's kind of like looking down at you, kind of giving you like that kind of tone. Yeah. Then, then, like you said, she's giving the audience information while well being entertaining at the same time but yeah like so you're not you don't have the big speech you you give it all those big speeches to everybody else in a sense it's kind of interesting that you wrote but you wrote it cool. usually the actor there's yeah. that narcissism or like i'm gonna have that big role i'm gonna have that big like i do this a lot right so i'm gonna have yeah. that big moment right as an actor but you're giving well, everybody else the moment
1: well way. i wrote it so it actually is me talking the whole time though right
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I understand, but you're getting, I just
1: <laughs> you, you understand you're in every yeah.
0: scene, but you're reacting, yeah. the, the scene is about them reacting, you know what I mean? Like they're, you're yeah. the ones who are, who are at the, the big speeches in a sense. I think
1: that I was thinking, you know, people have asked me this before and I, I do tend to do that. And I think it's my own interest in, there's plenty of like novels and films that are like this and what they call the sort of straight man role is that you have the person that's almost like a, what you would call like an avatar throughout That's like a stand-in for the audience to experience all of these other people. Uh, and I, 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 you know, I think in a lot of my favorite books, there's a character like that. So there is something about it being like a spine, uh, and then, you know, giving him like a journey, but one that is more, kind of interior. And then, like I said, I, I do also feel like I I just enjoy that role better. So when you're like, oh, the role that you wrote for yourself, that's that's kind of when I'm writing for myself, I'm like, I don't want to hear him say anything. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, you know what I mean? I, I'm just like, I don't need to hear him say anything. I'd rather hear, you know, Kathy Curtin or Zainab or someone else like do some brilliant speech and then I can watch it. Um, and that's just maybe my own psychological makeup but but yeah yeah
0: (laughs) that said the straight man role as you described is not an easy role like it's it's you're reacting right you have to you have to convince the audience that like you said you it's funny you mentioned that because you are you are kind of being the audience because it's everything's from your point of view right the way Mm -hmm. she directed the film so it's like yeah yeah, you are the you are the sit-in character you're you're the one that we relate to as an audience so i get that
1: yeah 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 i'm glad that that came that came through. And uh, I, you know, I, it's like <clears throat> in the film, I remember Lauren and Patrick, who are the two characters in, in the basement, they, you know, they have the real time section, you know, that's happening real time. And, you know, just sort of allowing the audience the same almost sense of like disorientation that John, the main character has of trying to figure out what's happening. And it's also my own uh, wish that people would watch it more than once. Cause I feel like then if you watch it, it sort of forces you to have to watch it a second or a third time, and you're like, oh, now it makes sense. I see, you know, this, the things that loop back around.
0: Yeah, 100%. So do you, what's your, what do you do in a film like this? Do you spend time in the editing room? Like, what are you just like, your hands off? Like what, because you wrote it, you're in the scene. Like, so I'm curious what your process is in post-production.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, for the editing, that was mostly the director's relationship with the editor. I mean, so David and I would look at, you know certain drafts of the edit, and we had like a few notes here and there. There were certain things, but that was mostly, I would have to say, the the director. And then I think I was a little bit more involved when it came to working with the composer. Uh, and it was kind of from the sense of a writer of like certain moments that maybe needed a little bit more push or an underscoring or, you know, sinister or whatever it might be. Uh, but yeah, it was mostly all the the director. And the same thing. I mean, with the production design, all of that. I mean, I feel like that's what you want to do is get a great director and then you you, you hire them because they have great ideas. So I always like to be the kind of person of last resort. It's like, well, I, I want everyone else to come up with the ideas. And it's like, well, if they have a question, I'm here, but like, you know, bring your own things. And oftentimes yeah. they're amazing. If something's confusing, fine, I'll fix it. Or if you don't like something, we'll change that scene or whatever. But otherwise it's like letting everyone else's creativity add to what you have. And I think you get something much better with that.
0: 100%. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's like, a, like I said, it's a really nicely put together, a nice production value, nice sound design. You said, you mentioned you work working with like composer, but just the sound design as a whole, you can tell that there's these, like, like I said, you have all these still scenes, right? And it's like, yeah. there there's, there's nuance and there's, there's subtext in every scene from the sound. Oh, and Catherine
1: who did our sound was incredible. I, you know, I when I was working with her on some of the drafts, I was just shocked. I mean, the work that's done and the lights flickering, all the different, like you said, four environments, the sounds that have to be brought back in. I mean, that's such an art form. And I had never been exposed to that. But, you know, having seen the rough cut to the final cut, I really did appreciate, you know, the sound design and the composer. I mean, the colorist, it's a great experience, I think, for anyone who's just actor, writer, um or a producer to see all the other roles and really understand. I think often when we talk about film, we talk about actors and directors. Mm. Sometimes we talk about writers, but we don't normally, I mean, cinematographers, there's a few famous ones, but, you know, we focus on, right, you know, the, the, mainly we focus on actors, I think. So just to have that experience and see, you know, and also the actors show up one or two days and then there's so many other days of,
0: No. Then they come. Then a year later, the film's done, right? And then they go to the right. red carpet, and everybody's like, "Oh, you were amazing!" Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And they don't remember it, or they've done three other things <laughs> since then. So, but that's yeah,
0: that's part of the game. That's the that's the Western world game, right? Where it's like you're we're selling the actor while we're selling the movie at the same time. Like you understand that right. more than anybody, right?
1: Yeah, 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 I I totally, and I but I yeah. just gave it such a respect for uh, how much work that all of these other people do, and then all the things that you don't notice but it takes a lot of work with sound design and lighting for you not to notice that, you know, color correction. There's so many parts of the process from Mm -hmm. a rough cut is oftentimes almost unwatchable. Uh, And then from what you (laughs) expect for a film, you know, so uh, and you know, like I said, I, I I just was in awe of like so many different people on the team and what they did and what they all do without ego, you know, and, and because there is not such a, public forward-facing part of the process for them and how much work they put in, despite, you know, oftentimes people don't talk about them. So whenever we have a review and it shouts out, we had a recent one and there was a shout out for Dom, our cinematographer. And I was like, oh, I love that, you know, that yeah. they noticed like his work, which is all his his amazing work. So, yeah.
0: No, like a hundred percent, but it's like the people, they love their jobs. Like the sound, yeah. sound, you ever talk to post-sound guys? Like there are girls, obviously- they they like they they love their world right and then they are yeah. there's they're, they're in their own little world as well like they have their own fan base within that little environment right the same with yeah. the, the cinematographer the same with the, the the production designers right it's like they're it's they all have their own little kind of groups that they that they admire and they respect right so yeah
1: but then yeah, the yeah. mainstream
0: audience notices the actor because you're front and center you're there right so yeah yeah but you uh, but you also i'm sure you know that you can kind of manipulate or kind of influence the performance too in editing right like you're saying the rough cut and how you kind of tinker with the performance what the editors are doing with even the actor right with even sometimes because many times times the actor only sees the final product right so they they don't see the tinkering of what they did with the performance either and
1: yeah you know lines being cut inside of lines um and then cutting of scenes i mean we had two Different scenes that were kind of that were cut, which is sad to have to see them go, uh, and then you know figuring out how that affects the overall of what we understand, and uh, yeah, and even you know with the editing of there's certain parts of like close-ups that then pull in even more, which adds focus. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's honestly it's <clears throat> it's fascinating as a as a process and all the people involved, but involved in a disconnected way, I have to say, because in theater, <clears throat> it all happens, <clears throat> it all happens live. So you have the costume designer, right? And the, everyone's in the same room often. And in film, we have so many people that never met each other, Yeah, uh, especially because of the pandemic. And, you know, it's being sent <clears throat> and our editor was in Tennessee and all of that. So that's what's surprising to me is that it's a community but then not everyone's even communicating. So it's amazing that something comes out that makes sense and looks well,
0: good go just visit <laughs> i don't like i don't know if you've like been on these big budget movie sets but they're all everybody's disconnected you got the camera department and then you got the the art directing team and then you got the transport department right you, you know what i mean everybody they're all different personalities different and they don't they're they're like the only reason why they know each other is because they have this connection of this film but they yeah. they're totally different personalities right so it's like yeah, there yeah, is, yeah. It's, there's disconnect within the making of the film too right
1: yeah yeah yeah. it's great i i love all the different personalities that's yeah. the writer side of me is uh because y- i'm i'm just one person and then to see all these other types i'm like wow you really can fill a script with a lot of different types of people because there are a million different characters out there and characterizations and different backgrounds, walks of life and ways of behaving. And you see all of that, <laughs> especially in creative endeavors, you get quite a variety of, of, of people, which. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent
0: personalities. Yeah. Yeah. Egos yeah. and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Craziness. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. Even
1: more, sometimes even more in the backstage than is on this, st- you know, sometimes you have this imbalance. You're like, we should be filming what's going on behind the scenes, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, there's, there's been a few more than a few movies made about the backstages of, of theater. Right. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause it's so, uh, so then, so the case So this film it's, been, it's on your website, it says it's played at over fef- 70 festivals. Obviously mm-hmm. it's, it's a success. It's a two year run. You've I'm, I'm assuming you've seen it on the big screen. You've been to more than yeah. a few festivals. It's almost yeah. like, it's interesting that you're, this is kind of wrapping up with our festival, which is great. And then we kind of send you a video, the audience video. Uh, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure you've heard the audience talk about your film in your previous festivals. What did did you think about what our audience had to say about your film?
1: Oh, it was very cool. I I love that format because, you know, in the talkback format at a lot of festivals, it's difficult just because it's people in the audience and they're asking questions and they don't really get to comment. You know, they're asking you questions. And it was really cool to just see people's live reactions and the different things that they react to. Uh, And in that kind of like a, it's almost like a confessional setup that you have, which I, which I love because it's more, it's more intimate. Um, And it's just seeing just how your, how your work connects with an audience is so important. And what about it connects? Because it's usually never what you assume. And then as you continue working, I feel like for me, it highlights what people latch onto. And it makes me want to do more of that, of what audiences are are seeing and, and connecting with and besides, you know, my, my own feelings. So I, yeah, I thought it was so cool and it spliced together really well. I, I just, uh, I love how you, how you do that. It's such a, it's so good for filmmakers to see that.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I was just curious about your, so your production company, so DJ DL productions, so, mm-hmm. what are you guys up to now? Are you guys, I, I'm assuming you're you're getting you're gearing up for a feature film. Do you have like yes. some in, your, in yes. your sock drawer some feature scripts in your sock drawer that you're ready to yes. shoot? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, we're we're working on actually two features uh, coming up. Uh, one of them is a mission to Mars film, so that's uh, another sci-fi. Although it's a completely different from Launch of Paradise because it's a more of a space sci-fi idea versus a you know in inside the mind idea. So that's kind of where we're working on right now and to hopefully shoot later this year. So that's kind of like uh that's really a big focus right now. And then for for me as a writer, I have a play that I'm working on. Uh we'll do a reading or workshop of of soon. Um yeah. So I'm trying to, you know, just sort of I love the the sci-fi world, but then keeping up with my other worlds as as well.
0: Yeah. So you're busy and you got a nice little nice uh instagram following and even though you only okay. got you know you don't have many posts uh <laughs> but you got a good following it seems like you're on your way as a, as an actor or a writer it's like you got your you got you got your, your hands in two different cookie jars which is fantastic yeah. and uh yeah you're on your way and i gotta admit i gotta say you're we were talking before the podcast you seem like a good dude you seem like a really like a nice guy like you're genuine oh, like i do thanks. this a lot and you can tell that there's uh, there's a little bit of uh not phoniness but there's a person who's like they're hamping up their their story which is fantastic it's totally fine right but you seem like a pretty genuine grounded guy and you you're obviously very talented and so keep make sure that 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 your niceness doesn't go away
1: oh i'll 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 try i'll try i've kept on to it for a good bit already so we'll see
0: (laughs) you know ask where where were you from originally where were you born
1: uh dallas texas
0: oh really okay so right in the hearts yeah
1: Exactly, and then I uh, came to New York. I went to Columbia, so that's sort oh, gotcha. of ended up in New York City. And then I go back and forth to LA. So yeah,
0: so you're so you got you're in three different states, I guess you're, 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 uh, your 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 identities in three different states. I I think that's a
1: that's a good thing. I I, I like that. It's we, it's good to get out of New York City. It's good to get out of LA. It's good to get out of Texas, right? So you're always getting out of somewhere. You have somewhere else to go, which is great
0: perspective. Well, yeah, yeah. It's Dallas and New York, two big cities, but yeah, they're very, they're very different. It's kind of like, obviously the, you know, better it's like tone wise or like, just like the vibe is like so different in between those two cities.
1: It is, but you know, Dallas has always had a great appreciation for culture. I feel like even yeah. growing up and making sure that even as, you know, it was kind of a smaller city that it was getting great productions. I saw so many amazing musicals and Films, we had independent film there with the Angelica was there was an Angelica in Dallas, two of them actually, as I was growing up to see those types of movies on the big screen. Uh, Art exhibits, all of that. I mean, Dallas really provided quite a bit, I have to say, and I appreciate it so much more now as I as I look back. But um, in its in its own way, it's it's much more progressive than or parts of it are more progressive than what you would consider Texas. Uh, it's not quite Austin, but you know
0: <laughs> we. It's try. more than just make they, making money for oil, I guess, right?
1: Right, right, right. You yeah, the
0: Cowboys but, fan, because I heard that yeah. there's a big a lot of big football fans there, right? So
1: yeah, yeah. Well, we were Dallas <laughs> Stars fans growing up, so that was. <laughs> You're what? We were we were Dallas Stars fans growing up, so that. Hockey that, team. The ho- yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's it in Texas, it's too hot to sit out and watch baseball, so it was nicer to watch the ice hockey.
0: Gotcha. You have a roof now, right? Your 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 baseball team has a retractable roof now. I guess. Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's. (laughs) I haven't been back in a while, but um, (laughs) yeah. No, it was great. I was actually growing up in Dallas was was great. It was good. It was good perspective.
0: Well. Uh, you're, you can see that you're on your way. And uh, so don't be a stranger. Hopefully, I can see your next film. And uh, yeah, love to, I'll, I'll keep track of you. I'll, I'll, I'm going to put you in the Google uh, search thing and see what comes up. Because I think that this is, a, you're, 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 this is a, you did a fantastic job as an actor, just an actor alone. But you wrote a very kind of complex, kind of simple, like it's simple in its theory. But there, like you said, it needs needs to be rewatched a few times. There's a lot of complexity to it. So, yeah. I don't know this is a proof of concept but there's a bigger story here obviously here too right so, so yeah awesome. you got it with you guys it seems well, yeah. like you've got a great, great team she's a fantastic director so
1: yeah I agree and thank you for all that that you do with uh, you know putting together the feedback and the interview and even this podcast it's like I said I think it's really good for filmmakers and to be able to have this interaction so thank you for your setup and your your apparatus and your and your festival
0: Thanks all right let's talk soon
1: yeah, sounds good.
0: One, two, three, four, five.